You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, folks. Welcome back to another Mount West uh, Wire football edition podcast, mwire.com. If you like the show, if you just found us because, hey, these weirdos talk football on its checks notes. Almost tax day, April 10th here on Sunday we're recording during the uh, – what do we got going on? Uh, Major League Baseball starting up, Matt, I guess. Uh, NBA playoffs are about to get going, but we don't care. We're college football sickos, and we talk about it all the time. That's, That's right. So I have a quick question for you here. Um, okay. Matt, first off, subscribe to the show. If you never heard us and you're like, what are these guys doing? Hit the subscribe button and say, hey, these guys do an adequate job of talking mountains football. Um, but I mentioned baseball. You're a big baseball guy, right? I am. Giants fan, I believe. I'm not going to discriminate against other teams, but you're a San Francisco fan, correct? That is correct. So I got two questions for you. Okay. Are you upset about Apple Plus showing games for your team if they're being shown? Is that an issue for you? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. okay. Not an issue or not that you're aware of the, the Giants are playing on Apple TV? I'm not aware that it's an well. issue because I have Apple TV. Okay. See, this could lead to another conversation for Mountain West football down the road. Second thing, more silly and fun, did you see what the commissioner gave to all the athletes today, the majors, league players? I did not see that. Oh, you did not see that. Okay. So we don't talk baseball, but this is hilarious, sad, and funny all in once. So he put a, air quotes, handwritten note to each major league baseball player with a gift attached. What gift would you want if you're a major league player? Because the lockout ended – Baseball starting, they're what, two weeks late, essentially, so they'll make it up. What would be an adequate gift to give every major league player? Money. Like, kind of the ball, ballpark. Money, right? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Is it, did he give everybody an NFT? You're the, not quite. That would have been even more hilarious, but no. Okay. Because that, cool. that sounds like something Rob Manford would do. <laughs> an NFT of yourself. That's actually a very major league baseball thing. No, a pair of noise-canceling Bose ear, earbuds, wireless earbuds. So they can so they can tune him out whenever he talks. That's what people with jokes are making because I guess you can't hear very well on phone calls with those. <laughs> okay, I don't know, I just thought that was weird. But also, as of note, it's only major league players, not minor league players, who make like zero dollars. So, yeah. So yeah. case in point to transition this maybe to Mountain West football. Um, <laughs> Craig Craig Thompson's still <laughs> a better commissioner than Rob Manfred for for all of the complaints. That's a very good point. Um, 
and also he doesn't call the mountain West title a piece of metal whatever he said a couple years ago that was kind of a death knell right like a couple years ago when he mentioned that that's right <laughs> yeah craig thompson's still around um bob bowlsby has gone in the big 12 would we be too sad if craig thompson took his uh, hair and products to uh dallas texas to take over the big 12 i mean i don't think it'll happen but i don't know if anybody's gonna feel like too badly about it if it does happen Put on Twitter. I think only the uh, fake Matt Mummy is like, no, his hair is gone. We need his hair. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, commissioners. They are. Um, they're only good if you don't hear from them. Is that that's my opinion, right? That sounds about right. They're like they're like uh, offensive linemen in that regard. Ooh, okay. When you get the flag call, it's like, oh, that's not what you want to hear. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get to our real football stuff. Craig Thompson, offensive lineman, West Division football. Last week or last show, if you missed it, it's a pretty pretty fun idea. We basically wanted to say. Hey, if you're, what should your fan base typically expect from your team every year? So we discussed uh, like Boise State, Air Force, U, or not UNLV, New Mexico. Like, what would be a typical expectation? And so we're going to do that with the West Division. And there's one team that, uh, if we're going alphabetical, is it your uh, Fresno State Bulldogs are starting with Matt? Yes. I try to figure out what a typical year should be for them, and I don't know. Because we've seen them have number one overall number number one overall draft picks, mm-hmm. we've seen them finish basically almost undefeated for the game we're not going to name when they played San Jose State a while back. Mm-hmm. We've seen them win like one game a year. We've seen them turn around and win a conference title. What what is like your for you being a first again? What would what makes you happy every year? Is it a certain win over a team? Is it going winning like eight or nine games? What makes you feel like, ah, this year was fine? <laughs> no, okay, so, so here's, here's the thing, right? And, and I bring this up in the context of, you know, when we talked last week, I brought up every, every team's winning percentage basically since 2013. So over the past uh, nine seasons, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And when, you may recall, if you listened last week, we talked about Utah State and how, you know, given their ups and downs, they have probably been a little better than you think. And I think, I think the opposite is sort of true of Fresno state where for all of the, for all of the highlights that they have had on the aggregate since 2013, the Bulldogs have maybe been a little worse overall than you think, you know, because, you know, they, they, I mean, they're, they still have a winning percentage above 500 in that time. They're 60 and 50s. That's a 545 winning percentage. But then you you consider that you know they've had highs as 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 good as any other team in the conference. You know there was 2018 where they you know what won 12 games, you know, beat Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl, won the Mountain West. You know they did you know 2013 they had a share of the title in 2012. But the difference between that program and and others that we talked about last week, and and I would say at least one that we'll talk about in this podcast is none of those other programs have had the same lows that Fresno State has had in that same time. You know, obviously everybody remembers 2016 was a total disaster. Um, and, and 2019 was, you know, I wouldn't say it was a disaster. It was definitely frustrating to watch. They were maybe a little better than the record indicated. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of, those are the kinds of seasons that, you know, at least in, in recent memory, you don't see out of Fresno State. So if you recall listening to last week's podcast, you know, when we talked about Utah State, you know, I, it, it, we talked about it in terms of, 
you know, for some of the lows that that program had, uh, you know, in recent memory, especially over the last decade or so, that they have still been maybe a little bit better overall than you might suspect. And the opposite might be true of Fresno State, you know, for all of the highs that they have had, on the aggregate, they have maybe been a little bit worse overall than you might suspect. Which, which is not to say that they've been bad, you know, on average, you know, there's still 10 games above 500 since 2013, you know, 60 and 50, that's a 545 winning percentage. But then you have to remember, you know, for, for the highs that that program has had, which, you know, 2013 is one of them winning a share of the title the first year in the Mountain West to 2012, um, you know, 2018, when they won 12 games and, and won the Las Vegas Bowl and all that nationally ranked. You know, you also have to consider that, you know, unlike some of the other programs that we talked about last week, and at least one that we'll talk about in this podcast, you know, they've had some serious lows that other programs haven't had. Um, you know, 2016, of course, everybody remembers, was just a total disaster from start to finish. Uh, you know, 2019 wasn't much better. It was maybe a little more frustrating than than objectively bad. But, you know, that's not the kind of season that you often see out of out of a Boise State, for instance, um, or, or even like a, a program like Wyoming, which hasn't hit the same highs, but they also haven't had the same lows either, basically since since Craig Bull's second year out there. And so I think that's where you start, you know, going back to what you said, where where do you set the bar for this team, given that they've been maybe a little more volatile than other programs? But on the other hand, I would say like we have seen enough of the highs that that is what the fans should expect, you know, not, which is not to say that they should expect to win 10 games year after year. But I think at a bare minimum, this is a program that at this point should be bull eligible year after year, or at least, you know, being really close. Like this is not a program that should be cratering like they did in 2016 anytime soon. You know, given no. the trajectory, given the trajectory of the program, given how well they've recruited, you know, in the last you know couple of recruiting classes, and, you know, even despite sort of the, the coaching pipeline that has emerged, you know, with all the guys, you know, leaving, you know, they've been able to promote from within, you know, keep most of their, of their key contributors from the last couple of seasons. And so I would say for the, for the immediate future and maybe a little bit beyond that. So if you want to talk five or six years, this is a program, maybe one of the handful in the conference that should expect to compete for a conference title year in and year out. I can see that because when, when I'm looking back at sports reference, like pre Mountain West, they've only they only had it's like, well, where should they be? Because up and down, they won mm-hmm. three. I'll say three of the last four because 2020 is weird, obviously. Three of the past four full seasons, ten plus wins. And then going back to their whack days, they only had one double digit before the Mountain West. Only one time they won ten or more games. That's 2001 when they went eleven and three and were in the top ten at some point. Yeah. But I always remember, like, oh, they're always going to get Boise State when they Derek Carr, David Carr, these guys are going to Ronnie or no, all the running backs they've had, Devontae Adams, everybody, all these players out there, with Keyshawn Johnson out there, receivers playing well. I guess he's a little bit sooner, well, far, farther, a little bit deeper back in the years than him a couple years ago. But they're always like a team. Like it's because who they play. It's like they play USC. It's like they almost beat Reggie Bush in USC. If, if they had they pushed Reggie Bush out of bounds, they would have won that game <laughs> back when he was around. It's like just a little stepped out of bounds, Reggie. They would have won the game essentially. So that big run he had. Yeah. But they're always playing big teams. And so their schedule, even with that, their record in the WAC since 2002, essentially, it's like once a decade or not once a decade, maybe once every six or seven years, they're not bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. And so 
I but the Mountain West, it's like they've had huge swings. Like they come in right away, nine wins, eleven wins, six six and eight. We we're not great. Tim Duder kind of started downfall, but the the Mountain West, they've been really they've been hitting what the people thought they should have done in the early to that early to mid two thousands in that decade from two thousand two thousand ten essentially. Exactly That's where they are now is what they thought they should be winning between seven and nine games, playing a tough schedule, being very close, but then can't beat Boise State or can't they have a weird loss to team A or team B or some team on the schedule where they were competitive and so really good, but their schedule wasn't a uh, non-conference schedule. wasn't all that friendly when they're playing five non-conference games in the 18 whack. Mm-hmm. But now I think they're, you know, like I said, they're where they want it, where they are now is where they want, where they thought they should be for the past 20 years. And they're now finally getting there. And it's interesting because it's also a tougher competition as well, where they're actually achieving it. Cause you, see, you mentioned Utah state, they're kind of up or down. Utah state has been garbage forever, but coming in like Nevada has gotten, most we'll get to them. They're kind of a little interesting case as well with Chris Alton, FCS, and bounce around and call him Kaepernick and all that stuff. But I think they're a team where at this point, the West Division has been weird, Matt, because they've either been Pat last year was really good, and this year it should be still good, but it's usually been the lesser division. And so I would have said maybe say in 2017, 2018, yeah, they should be winning that division or beat top one or two. I think they should be, I think they're more like Air Force and that they should be in the running every year and probably get it. They win it more often or beat them more often than Air Force, but that's kind of my range, like about eight wins. And basically basically once it's Thanksgiving or the final two weeks of the season, they should have some sort of possibility to win the division. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So that's why I think they're a little bit – maybe I'm touched higher than you, but like eight wins, eight wins will be fine. Like if they're to go eight wins forever, I think that would be okay. It's, I'd rather have that than going – the like you experience going six three winning ten games in three years than equal in that total with twenty seventeen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I, I said, rather, and like I said, this is this is a team that has won multiple conference championships, and I think that in itself is all the, all the justification you need to keep the standard high. Well, they have one outright and one co champion right in the Mountain West. No, they have two outright. Wait, two outright. Yeah, 2018. Oh, that's right. Okay, I thought they shared one. Maybe I'm thinking of a different year. Some other teams, whatever. You're thinking of 2012, first year. Okay, okay, yeah, that's where it was like not them. There's two couple other teams. That's right. Okay. So that's your expectation, like eight wins essentially. Even with uh, so with Jim Jeff Tepper back, is that kind of you think it should be the same going forward? Like what he was going should continue to go with Kalen DeBoer and everything. I mean, I think you if you're thinking about next year, which we'll talk more about at that later in the summer. We are. I did the math real quick. We're like six weeks away from starting our team previews, weekly previews. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I, I mean, up, you know, the, like this this year in particular, like even despite, and, and I think the defense is going to be what makes or breaks them in, in next fall. But it, like I said, if they keep recruiting the way that they have, especially with regards to local talent, then this is, like I said, this is a team that has a track record of, of development that is as good as anybody else's in the conference. And so all, all it really takes is just that that one year where they avoid that, one of those one or two clunkers and even as recently as last year you know if if that hawaii game goes differently and they don't turn the ball over six times in that game who knows what the trajectory of the season looks like five turnovers and they win that game yeah (laughs) they are on a game-winning drive and the turnover was number six is to hit pass exactly cortez davis makes that diving weird amazing interception was that him in the first fresno state like in the end zone essentially was that, the I, was that him or was it Corey Bethley? I'm trying to remember. 
I don't remember. Anyway, anyway, that game is sort of emblematic of the last 20 years of Fresno State football in a lot of respects. So it's about you sort of exercising those kinds of, um, you know, I don't want to call them trap games or like body blow games, but like those games where they're, they're in a fight and they just don't come out on top. Like we've seen them come out on top in those types of games before too. Whether that's, you know, finally beating Boise in 2013 in that, what was it, 42 to 40 game at Bulldog Stadium. UCLA comeback last year. That's one of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we, this is a program that is capable of winning those games. It's just, you know, doing it every time in the season is going to be the one thing that puts them over the top. Yeah, they've been a, a bit better than that or than they have. Because I remember when David Carr, like, they come in, they get their blows dart off against, against Boise State. Not a good one. Uh, all right, should we move on to Hawaii now? Let's do it. So Hawaii, they have uh, – is Timmy Chang, like, the youngest FBS coach at the moment or somewhere in that range? I know he's one of the youngest. I, I think it was uh, – is Brett McMurphy who always makes a note of when a coach turns a year older? Because I know I saw him make mention of Dan Lanning, the new head coach at Oregon, turning 36 years old. What? And, yeah, 36 years I old. Like, I don't like that one bit. <laughs> um, but I think Timmy Chang is, is, and they were talking about this on. I think they were talking about this on Split Zone Duo a few weeks ago, and they were Probably. so they were like, "My God, he's 40." Um, <laughs> oh yeah, they're oh they're playing the coaching age game. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like our age, just about. He's like, you young guys, what's going on here? Uh, again, go give them five bucks and listen because it's a great show. Yeah, forty. He's forty years old. Okay. And but and the excitement out of this spring football campaign that they're in the middle of in right now is pretty palpable, right? Which you know, given given the way that the Todd Graham era ended, I think you're you were that fan base was definitely looking for something to hold on to. And Having seems, open practices and watching is a wonderful thing to get good, great people that love you at the moment. So we'll see how long that lasts, though. Yeah, and and I think Hawaii, relative to, I don't know, every other program we've talked about to this point last week and this week, it's sort of it's sort of difficult to pigeonhole what their expectations should be, just because they've never been like you know the, this, their story of the last decade or so is not nearly as clear cut as it is for some other teams. Because, you know, while they have, you know, the division title that they won in uh, 2019, where they won 10 games, you know, they won 10 games before that in 2010, you know, they had, of course, the, the Sugar Bowl year in, in 2007. But at the end, and they've had a fairly sustained run of success, like even, even recently, even despite the Todd Graham mess, you know, they were not that far away from, you know, if, if they had played in the Hawaii Bowl last year and then if they had won it, that would have given them four straight years at 500 or better, which, you know, without looking back at it, I'm trying to think of the last time that happened. Uh, and at a glance, that would have been from... Never. No, no, it would have been from 1995, 1999 to 2004. They had six straight years with a winning record. Oh, I think it's a bowl game, sorry. What do you no, mean? no, okay. no. But 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 even then, you know, they had, excuse me, they have four bowl appearances in the last six years as well. Mm-hmm. So I think and, five or six technically, they would, if they had been able to go. Been yeah, able. yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is still a team that since 2013, in terms of winning percentage, like they're they're below average, but not that far below average. They have a 409 no, winning seven, percentage. Seven, eight, six, 10 and five. They're 47 and, and 68 altogether. Not great. But I think that, you know, the, the, the question for Hawaii is, 
you know, is it reasonable to expect a run like they had in 2007, like what, every 10 Ever? years? That but year it, was weird because they played, what, two FCS teams and they kind of, I, I hate to say they barely got in there what they did, but their schedule was beyond a week, but they crushed everybody and got there. So it's like, okay, but then we knew when they played Georgia, there was no chance they're going to win. And who cares if they beat Georgia or not? They were ranked high enough. They kept beating everybody. were exciting. It's sort I, of interesting. If you take the, if you take the long view of this team and, and you go back to the nineties, you know, they have one year, 1992, where they went 11 and two finished the year 20th in the country. You know, back that year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Fast forward, you know, fast forward 15 years. That's when you get the sugar bowl run. And then you yeah. fast forward another 12 years. That's when you get the 10 win campaign under Nick Rolovich before he left for, yeah. for Wazoo. Yeah. He, a division title, you know? And so, so yeah. you know, is that something that is reasonable to expect? Like, you know, a, a big kind of run like that every 10 to 15 years. I don't see why not it, because, because we've, we've be seen it a couple of times. I think they want to be closer to that because here's thing too. It's O two to O seven. They had three ten win seasons, three plus ten win seasons. Did they had one losing season? Eight did a five five and seven. The only time they didn't go to bowl game in that six year, but sorry, remember rephrase that when they June Jones around from O two to O seven, one losing season. Greg Mac McMack and Greg McMack and still went seven and seven, but that year clearly was their best success. I think they. They all point to that. We want that back. That might be tough to replicate, but I don't think they're too far off from being close to that. Where, I mean, you know, I mean, like I think every, I would say here's the thing too. They here's what they have that nobody else has across the country, in my opinion. Maybe, well, no, I, I'd say anywhere in the college football, it's just it's such a unique place. They are literally the team to watch, and people care about them the most. Even if yes. you think, oh, well, Boise State has. Only boys say, well, no, there are people like Seattle sports teams. They some will like the teams in Salt Lake or Utah Jazz, or there's teams in the area where, oh, we'll go like they're still they're, they're like Wyoming. Yeah, more I'd say, yeah, I'd say more like Wyoming. I'd say some Wyoming fans might be like Broncos, Rockies, whatever fans, but yeah, but they're literally honestly like by themselves as they are the only team in town, and that's where there's support when it goes well and they're treated properly. When, because right now, the only problem in the short term is Todd Graham screwed everything up with everybody leaving. The way he treated people was just a mess. The COVID was not great in Hawaii. And it was hard. It's hard too, because think about it. If there's, they played at the uh, complex where they're going to play there for another couple of years, they're trying to make it bigger. Yeah. But when you're literally on an island and if your hospitals or stuff are too overflowing, where are you going to go? You have nowhere to go. And so they had to be extremely cautious compared to other places where, oh, we're here in California. Okay, well, I can drive. If, if you have to, worst case scenario, I'm driving a decent ways to get to another hospital or emergency room or an ICU there. You have nowhere to go. And so I don't blame them for being overly cautious, but that has an impact on everything. Not just, we're talking about stupid college football, but it does. Like, well, nobody can go to the games. That's unfortunate. It's expensive to buy the games. Like, it's very inexpensive to go to a game relative to just pay freaking 60 bucks, whatever it is, to Spectrum Sports. We're not on TBS or FS1. Mm-hmm. And so that has an impact, too, for fan support. So Timmy Ching opened practices. He's a big name. He was around years ago. At one point, the all-time NCAA passing leader. Like, he went up. He was on those teams when they were playing BYU and Tide. Was he? No, not Tide Denver, but he was around playing BYU in the WAC when they were really good. And yeah. So it's like, 
he's a guy where he's the right guy to go forward, but with the amount of support they have and could have, and depending on the stadium situation, I think they should be more what they've been doing under Rolovich than they were under Norm Chow was just a golden parachute hire, which was a ridiculous joke. And I knew that when he left Utah, when he was basically going nine to five as the OC for a Pac-12 school, which is not a good look. But I, I think they can be touched better than what you're saying. I think what if you think about this, we're talking about what fans want. Yeah. I think fans want them to get about eight wins a year. And they play 13 games. They have an extra opportunity. They here's what I think they want. They want to beat a power five program because they can get teams to come to come to Hawaii. They can get power five teams to come to Hawaii to play them. They'll yeah. have UCLA coming to town. They've had USC, they've had Arizona. They'll have BYU coming home and home when they're in the Big 12 and even before they get good teams to come. I think they probably would like about eight wins and beat one power five team a year. And they play about at least two or three, maybe every other year is better or something well, like that. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you why that sounds about right is because you, know, you brought up Norm Chow. And if you look back over the last 20 years or so, going back to roughly the middle or maybe the, or the first third of June Jones's tenure. Mm-hmm. In the last 20 years, this is a program that has 12 bowl appearances. And, and that five-year stretch from 2011 to 2015 has really been the only down period that this program has had in that yeah. time. And I think that that down period is really what drags down their overall winning percentage, especially since joining the Mountain West. So to your point, yeah, I think they have, they have seen enough success out of this program. And this is despite some of the off-field messes that they had, especially most recently with Graham that they were sort of maybe winning in spite of Graham most recently. And even if it takes Timmy Chang a year or two to sort of get things rolling, you know, this is a team that, or rather this is a fan base that should have, you know, maybe higher expectations than you would think, because you, you, you know, you think Hawaii is fun, but they're mostly harmless. And that really can't be further from the truth because this is a team that has won and won big in the past has made, you know, a big run towards something special every you know, 10 to 15 years or so. But at a minimum, I think bull eligibility being, you know, six wins, you know, five wins in a down year is sort of where you set the floor while also while, while taking aim at something special and writing what, what makes that, you know, program so special, the culture, you know, the, the run and shoot, you know, the, the sort of flying around physical defense and, you know, sort of, letting it all hang out and seeing what happens and that that's what makes that program fun that's what makes that program special but that's what makes that program win too you know it's been missing the rainbow war uniforms bring they, got, back. they got to bring back the kelly green uniforms <sighs> I, one can dream that's, we can dream timmy chang he wore those and played in those come on coach there you go <laughs> you gotta bring those back out but yeah they're, they're a team where yeah i'd see if they i think what it should be, you're right, bull, bull eligible. Like five is their baseline, like low is like low point. If they miss a bowl game once every five years, that's probably a low point. But I think they what the fans want is probably competing for a division title seven every seven. Yeah, I mean, if you think of like t- you know twelve bowl games in twenty years, that's like what missing a bowl game once every three years, something like that. Yeah, something like that. But you know, so I think there's some margin for like having a down year you know, maybe in, in the same way that like, you know, a Boise State fan would, would never accept that from their program. But again, Hawaii has a recent tradition of being a winner more often than not. And that I think entitles them to expect more than you might think from the outside looking in. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Exactly. All right. You ready for Nevada, the Wolfpack? Let's do it. All right. So Nevada, (laughs) they're almost like Hawaii, in my opinion, a little bit, but they've had more success, clearly. Whereas they're a younger... When did they come to F- when did they come to FBS? Like in 2000? Uh no, wasn't it 19 oh, when was it? It was like 90 So I'm trying to pull up here my computer's being They were they were in the Big West from 92 to 99 and they joined the WAC in 2000. And the Big but West I, was FBS I, for a little bit. Yeah, I can't recall when exactly. But the point being with them, they were they're one of the weird teams like if you want to really think about it, if we go big picture, they're kind of like App State essentially for what they've done. Mm-hmm. But achieved higher expectations where absolutely was winning SCS national titles, going to big time bowl games. Um, it looks like maybe 92 up there independent. I'm not entirely sure, but the sports reference only track FBS. I think so. So maybe 92. That sounds about right. Because I went to the Vegas Bowl in 92. Mm-hmm. So with this team, the reason I mentioned like App State, because App State has finally had success or they came on to the FBS and were pretty good. They've been I think they've been ranked a little bit here and there. They've always been doing well to some belt. We're going to conference championships or being in that running for really good teams. And Nevada, obviously, obviously Colin, Colin Kaepernick were extremely close back in like 2010 when they finished love in the country, 13-1, beat Boise State in that Thanksgiving night, where our buddy Chris Andres would say the goalposts were not regulation size <laughs> in that game. Everybody will say that. And it went double overtime, whatever it was. Uh, whew, Kellen Moore, him, that was a great matchup. But like overall, they – have been honestly the most average team in the Mountain West. Is that about right? Well, well okay. So, 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 about, so you've been two, doing the math on this. To your they seem point, right they up. are the they are the one team in the conference that since 2013 is closest to 500. They're 56 and 54 over the last nine years. So that's a that's a 509 winning percentage. And okay. and and you mentioned. Did you mention Wyoming a minute ago? Was that my imagination? Um, we did earlier about comparing Wyoming to Hawaii because Hawaii, because Wyoming is the the next closest team to five hundred in the okay. conference in that time. Um, but you know, I think the difference between those two programs, you know, Nevada and Wyoming, because we, we talked about it last week. Wyoming's you know, despite the fact that they've been sort of a headache to, to watch over the last several years, and they they haven't hit all of their goals they're still having a very successful period, right? And then, you know, everybody's in agreement on that, even though, you know, we talked about how they can expect more. Nevada is similar in that regard and that they have, they have almost always been steady and they have rarely been spectacular because you mentioned the 2010 season, right? When they went 13 and one, they finished nationally ranked 11th overall. Um, but that is the only time in program history that they have been ranked in, you know, the top 25, you know, going back to when they were an independent, I think I'm looking at sports reference. So I apologize. So there's probably some missing information in between here, but you know, they were, they were 10th at a certain point back in 1948 and that's basically it. 
Um, you know, obviously they were, they were very successful one double a program back in the day, but you know, this is a team, you know, since 2005, they've missed a bowl game just three times, but at the same time, they've won nine games twice, 2005 and 2010. And, and, and I don't know if necessarily like they are, are they, are they like a prisoner of expectations in that, you know, we kind of know that they're never going to go top pay top dollar for a big time coach in the same way that a Colorado state would, that just did by poaching their head coach. Um, That's a big, because remember they had to go to Northern California to get away from fire, fire practice or wildfires. They have no indoor practice facility. They're basically the Bengals of the Mountain West. Like, so like they, money, the ba- they ooh, like coach. I mean, I can't, I can't tell if that's a compliment or an insult. It's an insult, man. What? Bengals what? Okay, hold on, hold on. Cincinnati for the indoor facility. Come on, man. You know, what? I'm not gonna lie. I thought you said bagel. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were comparing them to. A, I thought you were comparing them to like a to to a breakfast item. That's <laughs> because why because, because bagels, bagels, are are bagels are fine. That's sort of what Nevada, <laughs> I was about to take this conversation in a whole other direction, but no, like the, but the idea is but the, the idea behind it. Like they have been fine, but like they, they probably expect more at some point. Right. Like, you know, they, they, what fan base though, is it the pre, is it the Chris Alt fan base? Like there, I can see a complete divide where they were crushing FCS. He was running the pistol, blowing people up scoring points doing stuff like fans from the late in the 80s and 90s or fans now because chris old's long i know he came back twice yeah but it's like what type, what what do you expect like the chris old days or do you expect more they've been good like since they've oh five they've only missed a bowl game three times like we mentioned they've been really good and actually when looking through the numbers of baron i thought because i remember when they brought in norvell like they struggled to find the quarterback like this carson strong guy wasn't doing very good things he got hurt Bringing this last chance you could be bringing this guy, nothing really works out. It's just kind of fine. But in there, they're just a fine team. That's all there is to it. Like 2020 was really good. Unfortunately, they only played nine games. Like, and then 2021, like I thought they'd be amazing. And they unfortunately were not as good as we thought they could be. But I, it, it is hard because when they don't pay for coaches, like they bring Ken Wilson from Oregon, it's like, well, we'll see. They get more out of anybody in the conference, I think, for what they're willing to spend and results like cost per win. They're up there. They're probably top in the conference for how much they're spending. And they literally had to overspend for what they wanted to spend, which was still near the bottom of the conference to bring in Wilson to make it seem like they're not the complete cheapskates they really are. Because for some reason, they want to be a basketball school when they sort of are. With Steve Alford, that 10-year contract, they went to with Musselman, went to the Nearly in the lead eight with Austin Loyal Chicago. They're right in that cusp, Sweet 16, with the Martin Twins and everything, Cody and Caleb, they're playing. They've had good basketball success. It's like, do they not realize football brings the money and they can? Why can't they do both? That's a or, good question. It's, I know it's, my, it's not my money I'm spending here, but they, they're they showing a lot for basketball, which is great. If they're a good basketball school, that's awesome. But they've had enough success for football where being a shoestring budget. Imagine if they put, like we say, 10% better, 10% more into football. How much better could they be if they put 10% more resources toward football? How many wins does that equal for them? Are they winning the, are they winning the, Mount, the West Division every year? Are they San Diego State? I was just about to say that. 
because they don't they don't play like they don't have the same sort of like resources at their disposal by being in Reno rather than San Diego. Yeah. But you know, San Diego State's found a way to make it work in in both sports. But I, you know, I, I think, you know, going back to this the central question, what should fans expect? Let, let's start here. They should expect a division title at, at some point. Because they've okay, well, because, clearly, because yes. they have because they've never done it. And going back to what you said earlier about the, you know, what what are they expecting the Chris All years? If you take away that 2010 campaign. Chris Alt's last run with the Wolfpack looks pretty similar to the four, four or five years that Jay Norvell just wrapped up. Yeah, seven Wolfpack. to nine wins, six to nine wins, essentially. That's uh, so. So I think you know, if we know that that's the floor, I think it's okay to sort of expect that to be the floor. But you know, you want this team to finally hit its stride in the same way that you know Wyoming fans, like we just talked about have been waiting for Craig Bull and that, that staff, that program to put it all together and make a big run, you know, because like we saw it once with 2010 and it's just, you know, sort of been a matter of waiting for all of those pieces to come together again. You know, I think, you know, even it should have have been this past year, they had everything for what they wanted this past year to replicate that. They're going to have an NFL quarterback taken. They had, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. They, they had a lot the of things going there, for them. They had some issues, injuries and other things, but like Don Peterson, guys they had on defense, guys they had an offense. Like this past 2021, like we I predicted like undefeated, 11-1, 12-0, like that's super high, lofty expectation. But I, I, st- I still think about last year, they had that talent. I know the bowl game does whatever. Everybody left and transfers and blah, blah, blah. But talent-wise – I could still argue them having the most talent last year, and they just fell flat. Of so, any team in the conference, they're probably the most talented team overall. I mean, they're they're one of the few teams in the conference that still hasn't been to the conference championship. But I think of those teams that haven't done it, they're the one team that should think to themselves, okay, let's go win a division title already. Let's go get, at least get a shot at a title. Yeah, because the teams, well, you had New Mexico, UNLV, um, who else? Is that it? Uh, Colorado State. No, they went there. They won. They won. Remember, they have, the, the, I'm talking about since 2013. Oh no, when they when they played Utah in the Vegas Bowl, didn't they win the conference that year? No, no, Boise State won, and they went to the Fiesta Bowl that year. Oh, that's Fiesta Bowl year. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was 2014. Okay, gotcha. I was thinking like, well, I remember them playing that game, getting their butt kicked by the Utes, but it's, it's usually a bunch of bad teams in Colorado State. Apparently, I've <laughs> <laughs> been there. Sorry, no, sorry, Rebels and Lobos fans, but hey, at least the Lobos have a shared shared division title. Nevada doesn't even have that. You're not so what, wrong. So what, so what is it? Seven wins a year? Is that their kind of what they should expect? I mean, I think that's, that's what it seems your, like. That's your baseline because that's more or less what they've done for the better part of, you know, 15, 17, coming up on 20 years now. And and even if they have to undergo a hard reset, same as we just talked about with Timmy Chang in Hawaii, you know, even if it takes a year or two to sort of get back on their feet, you know, the, 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 if, if even if they're a metronome of just, you know, sort of boring consistency, I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. But I think that fan base has a right to expect something just a little bit more in the same way that like a Wyoming fan would. They've only had two really bad years since 02. Yeah. And that, and that was 013 and Brian Pullian's first year. And then also... 2017. Yeah, 27 Norvell's first yeah, year. Yeah, Norvell's first year, yeah. Yeah, every, every other year, 
five wins, you're one game away from being a bowl game. Just a little bit changes here or there. And they haven't had many five wins seasons either. They've only had two of those. That's true. My, no, three, excuse me. Three since 20, since 02. So they've been competitive. And I know bowl game, whatever, six wins is like, that's not a high bar. It's not, but that's, you're still not awful. At five and seven, you're not a good team, but you're also not like a garbage team. That's not very good. Like I, if we go through those five and seven years, I bet we would see like, oh, there's one or two games, maybe even three that, oh, that game could have gone the way because it's a close loss. Mm-hmm. So they, they've always been competitive, always been in, in the neighborhood of being a pesky to a very good team. I think the next step would be, we'll see what Wilson can do, but just you know, Doug News needs to put a few more bucks in a football and see what it goes. Because imagine the credibility and the prosperity and stuff you can get by having a great football team. Basketball is great. Getting NCAA tournament credits is great and awesome. Getting that money is good. And I think it's easier to keep a good basketball coach than a good football coach. Mm-hmm. Just because the money difference between a good football from a Mountain West program to even a Big 12 program like um, Texas Tech, wherever they're going to pay their new coach, the high school guy or assistant from, I think, TCU or Baylor or whatever it was, to take over from Matt Wells, that's a, a couple million bucks. College basketball – like Coach K getting nine or ten million, probably underpaid for what he's doing. You know what I mean? For all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. But the amount of money is way bit bigger in football. So just put a little bit more in there. Be I don't I, I don't have a funny match. Should have looked it up. I think USA Today paywalls they're now the um, coaching salaries, but get them to be like seventh in the conference. Get in the middle of the pack, and this team would be much better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, what do we got next year? Who is it? Uh, San Diego State. Okay, how are we going to phrase this? Is it is it our what we think fans should be or what they think they should be? Because <laughs> they think they should be the Big Twelve winning, uh, going to the BCS or New Year's Six games every year. <laughs> I mean, t- tapping the brakes on on the rhetoric a little bit. I mean, if you, but if you but you know if we're going to take a step back and look at what this team has accomplished again using that same nine year window, like if let's let's assume that that 2022 unfolds in exactly the same way that 2021 did so like the yeah the Aztecs win another 12 games and more specifically Boise State only goes seven and five again right if my math is correct that would put them neck and neck in terms of winning percentage since 2013 as it stands right now the Aztecs have the 12th best winning percentage period among FBS teams over the last nine years 80 and 35. That's a 696 winning percentage. And, and good. In, in terms of like in terms of wins and losses, they're more or less, if my math is correct, they're like basically five games behind Boise in terms of like the best overall record um, among, and, and I should clarify this, among teams that have been in FBS the entire time, like App State, Appalachian State is up there as well. They're actually number six overall, but they I, I'm pretty sure they haven't been in FBS that entire time. Um, and then, yeah, and then again, within that same grouping, you're also talking about Wisconsin and Notre Dame and Oklahoma State and LSU. Part of them, yeah. That's it. Like that's that's the group. And so, five of the past six full seasons, they've won ten or more games. They have basically been on a run that would be the envy of any group of five program and a lot of power five programs Dude, any, to, to, over the last 12 me, years. You're telling me if you're Texas Tech, if you're Northwestern, if you're Syracuse, you have this record, you'd be, holy crap, what are we doing? 
which is amazing. You know what I mean, like if you're, they would put a statue. North they'd Carolina. put a statue of Pat Fitzgerald in front of the stadium out there at Northwestern if they had this guy. Like, let's put it this way: the one year that they missed a bowl game was 2020, and that's only because a lot of bowl games got shut down that year. We're not going to bowl game. They're unfortunately four and four. And that year they, and that was also Greg Bell got hurt. They started off like they played Colorado that weird midweek game. They just kind of faded near the end. But like, hmm. they're a team where. I think the expect I think their expectations are basically almost if, if the reason I'm not saying they're as high as Boise State and this may be not being naive, but they were so bad for a while. I know that's a long time ago, like since two thousand like going from two thousand to two thousand nine, they've been garbage. Cause since oh since two thousand ten, they have not had a losing season. Mm-hmm. It, which is remarkable for when they had freaking Chuck Long as your head coach, when they had Tom Kraft head toller. It's like, geez, they were not they were garbage. Like when they brought Hoke around the first time, Ryan Lindley, they had all these guys. They have Donald Pumphrey. They have all these guys going to the NFL, doing great things. But maybe I'm just being dumb because how bad they used to be. Like they were getting their head bashed in all the time, going two and ten. No, no. I mean, I, mean, I, I just threw out their winning percentage for the last nine years, right? The ten years it's before great. that, they 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 had a four forty three winning percentage. It was not good for a while. You're. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, they're two wins, four wins, three wins, four wins, four wins, three wins, three wins, five wins. Like, it'd go back to even when they had freaking Marshall Falk, they were still not very good overall winning percentage despite him being should have won the Heisman Trophy when he would say freaking Gino Toretta that year, I think it was. Yeah. He should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. It's like they have not been good since this past decade. And they're in it. It's like, I don't. Do you ever listen to Andy Staples, Ari Wasserman, at all on the podcast? probably better off for the most part because we, we see Ari on Twitter. He's kind of a meathead, I would say, essentially kind of his persona, even though it's really him. But he makes good points about, even though he's dumb, Tulane is a great place to go because it's recruiting New Orleans. Like, shut up. But San Diego State, I'm going to kind of borrow that from him. It's like, if you're, who doesn't want to live in San Diego? Who doesn't want to be at a place in Aztecs where you are flush with talent? They're like, it's like we said with TCU and they're in the Mountain West even now. They can get the fourth player that Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas and doesn't want and still put together a top 20 team, mm-hmm. a top 15 team. This team is better than UC- UCLA. This team is better than USC. They've been better than those teams for almost every except for a couple. USC's went over Penn State and the Rose Bowl. Like, they've been better than the, both those teams that are within 100 miles. They've had to play freaking Carson, California for two years. They had to play with no fans and whatever. They – Finally, they play at freaking Jack Murphy, Del Murphy Stadium, whatever I call that's got exploded the Qualcomm UCC or San Diego Credit Union Stadium that's now rubble. There's no NFL team. It's them and the Chargers, or not Chargers, please, no, please, them and the Padres. It's like they're in an area where they, it's finally coming to be this past 10 years where they are the team where they should be that dominant. And when UCLA and USC are down, even when they get better, like with Lincoln Riley, he's still going to take him at least two years to get going. They're a team where they don't care who they play. They'll beat up crappy Arizona. They'll beat Arizona State. They'll go play Stanford. They'll play USC. They'll play UCLA and beat them. They are in an area where they should be winning conference titles more often than they are right now. I mean, you and say that, takes, you say that, but they've also won, you know, they, they won a share of that conference title in 2012. They won it in 2015. They won it in 2016. They went back, you know, they, they were in it last year. I want it all. Give me a quarterback and they would do it. Here's the thing. I'm not kidding. We joke all the time. We say it, we've said it for years. 
Maybe the quarterback they brought in was it from Virginia Tech, who's going to be a starter this year. Give me a decent quarterback. Uh, give me, give them freaking Terry Wilson last year, a healthy Terry Wilson. Give them a quarterback who's just fourth in the conference. They're not losing the game. Imagine if they had a guy like Jake Hayner, a quarterback. Imagine if they had anybody who's average. They would be amazing. They would be dominant, but they don't, for some reason, that can't be happening at San Diego State. Like, so, I, I, I might have bound saying, like, they would be the most dominant. I've said it for a very, give them a quarterback. They'd be the most dominant group of five team by far if they give them at a quarterback. I'm going to sidestep that for just a moment. Ah, uh, come on. Give me a just, but I, I, but I, promise I, will, I, will, I promise I will come back to it. But here's, here's what I want to say first, right? Boise State's 2014 Festival is eight years in the rear view now. Yeah. And, and like I said at the very onset of this segment, San Diego State at this point over the last nine years, you know, Festival aside, is breathing down that program's neck. They've beaten them too, so it's their neck and neck. So what I will say first and foremost, this is a program, this is a fan base that I think has a lot of reasons to expect to be the unquestioned best program in the Mountain West year after year. And I say that not only in terms of like how many games they've been able to win, right? Like we don't spend a ton of time talking about recruiting, right? But they have recruited exceptionally well, especially under Brady Hoke, right? They are basically neck and neck in that regard with Boise State as well, right? They, 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 they recruit well, they develop well, they win, they're moving into a brand new stadium. You know, they're finally getting over a lot of the headaches. And so to sort of circle back to what you mentioned a minute ago, just give them a quarterback. I'm going to add a little bit of context to that. Decent quarterback, average quarterback. Because again, this is a program that won 12 games last year and they were not firing on all cylinders. They played like five quarter, like exaggeration, but they played too many quarterbacks last year. So, and I say that because I think the platonic ideal is sort of what you saw in 2015 and especially in 2016. So, so to go back to more specifically what you said, can you imagine Ryan Lindley as quarterback? <laughs> no, no, you're going a little too far back. You're thinking, of I know, I know it's farther back. No, I know, I know it's a bit far. I'm back. thinking of that 2016 offense with Christian Chapman. Oh, Christian freaking Chapman. Are you kidding me? Did, did you? Okay. So, okay. 61% completion rate, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, nearly eight yards in attempt. He yeah, had a he much fine. better. Okay. It's just, you know, for everybody who needs a refresher. Um, that was the year that Rashad Penny ran for a thousand yards and Danell Pumphrey ran for over 2000 yards. Yeah. Can you imagine if they had that offense? <laughs> with the kind of defense that they've been able to put up in the last couple of years under Brady Hoke. And, and, I, and I was sort of interested in, in, in seeing what the context for this was. So in terms of like offensive SB plus last year, they finished 92nd overall on that side of the ball. So they were, they were below average, but you know, they, they definitely beat where they had been in terms of like the preseason expectations, the preseason, they were, they were like in the triple digits and like, they were sort of buried in there. They had the biggest difference, right? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, they finished in in the top 15 on both defense and special teams. But I went back and I looked back at those 2015 and 2016 teams, offensive SP plus 2015, they were 69th. 
Do you want to take a guess where they were in 2016? For offense? For offense. 2016. That was the Christian Chapman year we're talking about? Christian Chapman and then the, the Rashad Penny, Donnell Pumphrey I remember. Combo. It's pretty good. I'll say 36. Not quite, but they were still 50th. Oh, boy. I'm way too high. I'm, but, I, I mean, if you had the 50th best offense and the 12th best defense. That's a top 20 team. That's a New Year's Day six team. What happened? At least in the conversation. And honestly, like if if if, if you use which again, I, I caution against running away with too much optimism based on one game. But if they could look like they did in the bowl game in the Frisco Bowl against UTSA, yeah. Which which again, UTSA was not playing at full strength that day. But if they could play that kind of offense or find a way to get to the kind of offense that they were that you know they had that sort of the, the peak of that like i said 2015 2016 if they could find a way back there that's where you could have you know the best unquestioned team in the mountain west and it's not out of the conversation so that is i that, think that i think is what this fan base should expect they should but here's the thing too like i get like that you're especially for running the game getting a two backs to run for three grand is a uh, not common to be nice but let's say they have a uh but if we're being more realistic like they like having a 1500 rusher is good like that's about like two guys for about two grand for what they want to do when they're good is i don't think that's too far out of the question but i think they again chris chapman was fine he wasn't great they needed to be great that year he didn't doesn't turn it over had a minimal amount of touch like they may have done was it bellinger this year really getting touching the ball is gonna could be drafted nfl draft in a couple weeks so I think if look at the running game, if it's what it what we thought Greg Bell could be, it was like remember he had that deleted tweet about fifteen hundred yards or something, like if he had something in that range, and they have a quarterback who, like the sixty percent is good, but get just a little bit better. Like is twenty five and seven good enough for a quarterback for them? Would that be? Would I don't know. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I just want like that year's a special year, and that's not going to come around very often, but they can't rely on having 3000 yards of running back, which we don't expect every year, but I still, I still contend if you give them a above average quarterback, a little bit better than Christian Chapman. They like I said, they should run away with a conference every year. It's a fan but, base that, 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 had, that deserves to have expectations that reflect the program's internal ambitions. That's what I will say. That's fair. I, so what do you, what do you say? Nine wins in division title every year, essentially. Yeah. Is what they should be striving for? I think so. Okay. Cause I because I don't want to say anybody should win 10 games a year because that's very difficult. And so I think nine in because if you here's the thing, if you're getting a division title, you're at worst probably nine wins. Because wasn't Hawaii somehow nine and four or nine and five in the title game a couple years ago? Uh had, yes. And they won their bowl game. So I I yeah, I think like they they're like they're on the right track where what they're going. And here's the thing too, it's good about them when Brady Hook already tasting and going to michigan other places after senior state who knows if he has aspirations again he might but he's a guy who's been around he's built it and he's doing something where if they with also i don't want to water down like when the big 12 ads ucf and houston everything oh there's a better path to get in there but and we'll do more research and more stuff when the season comes up but this the mountain west needs to get back whoever it is whether it's san diego state air force nevada wyoming hawaii whoever it is they need to get to a big time game this year and 
it's going to be the same faces, Fresno State, Nico State, Boise, maybe Utah State, if depending on replacing guys. But they need to get back to this year. And Aztecs have, are up there in terms of chance to get it. But I don't know. I just want a quarterback, man. Throw the ball over. That's all I want. Just, is it too hard to ask to throw the ball? When they threw it last year, they were doing pretty good things. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. All right, San Jose State. Spartans, who uh, there is a point where I don't know if I was included in this group of people, but they wanted them to kick them out of the conference. I don't think you ever fell that far. Did you ever fall for that? No, we had that we had that conversation, and I wrote an article about it. And then, and then, like two years later, they won a conference title. So, sometimes, sometimes, remind you. (laughs) And again, I will remind you, and I will remind everybody who was listening. They won every single game that year by at least ten points. It was not a fluke, but continue. No, I'm, no, I'm just saying that's what people say. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Just making a smart ass comment about, oh, well, people, well, it was only seven. I hour, but they were crushing people that year. Like that was exciting offense. And last year, part of it was Nick Starkle being hurt, losing receiver talent, didn't get replenished to what we thought it would be. But I, for what they should be expecting, it's not to me. It's it, it's a couple of things. They're in an area where there's a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Stanford's not. Here's the thing too. They're in Northern California. Stanford's not very good right now for some reason. Cal's not very good at the moment. Like they're in an area where there's not good. Similar with San Diego State. They're part of California where talents or the teams. I know USC still getting good talent in there, but they're in an area where somehow Stanford got the number one recruiting class to Pac-12, which I still boggles my mind. But they're not playing well. Cal's not playing well. They should be getting they and they're playing well. So you, hopefully the recruiting, which I think it is a bit, is getting a, bit, a touch better for what they're receiving and getting in. And they kept Brett Brennan, where he nearly took the Arizona job two years ago. But I think they're a team where they're clear, they've clearly gone higher than what New Mexico and UNLV have done because they were in that neighborhood for a long time. Like I know the twenty sorry I had to bring up twenty twelve map, but they're good that year in twenty twelve, eleven and two in that one season. Mm-hmm. But besides that, they're almost like a Hawaii situation where once a decade, they're pretty good. However, they're once a decade first started in 2012. Like even before that, they had that Dick Tomey nine and four year Mexico Bowl victory when they're in the whack in 06. But they were a team where it's three wins, four wins, one wins, or one win. Sorry, I can't even say plural for one wins. But I think now with what they've done the past three years, five and seven, like well, it's only one bowl game in the conference title, but I think they should be striving to be at least bowl eligible. But I don't know if I put that as what the fans should expect every year. Like if before we get kind of dive deeper into, it, I think every other year at this point should be a bowl game for them. Essentially, I'm kind of in that type of area for them. Well, I mean, you mentioned Hawaii, and and it's worth noting, like, despite sort of the recent revival, that San Jose State since 2013 has actually been a little worse than the Warriors. Um, you know, their overall winning percentage is only 368, you know, 39 and 67 overall. And I don't know if there's, like, one real good reason you can put on it, because it's not like it's an isolated, difficult job in the same way that, like, a New Mexico or... Um, you know, or, or Wyoming or a, or a Hawaii is, they just sort of maybe underperformed. And, you know, maybe they aren't necessarily the same degree of sleeping giant that San Diego State appears to be, you know, waking up right now. But, you know, you can sort of look to the Aztecs and see shades of the same kinds of, of improvements 
going on, you know, they, they don't have a new stadium that they're moving into, but they are building a new football complex or, or something along those lines in San Jose as well. So like they're this is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So they're putting their money where their mouth is in a lot of respects off the field. And that, that I think should be able to pay dividends to the on-field product. And I think that's where you start looking at it. Like you, you can't really look to the past in the same way that you can with a lot of other programs, because I think that, you know, Brennan and his staff have really sort of infused this program with a new energy that this program really didn't have for a long time. So while it's never going to be like the easiest job in the conference, it's also never going to be the hardest. And I think the right coaching staff can make this a sustainable success. It's just that for the most part, we've never really seen it, but I don't think that that means that's impossible to do. And so what, that, what I think that means for the fan base is, you know, if you, if you want to lump them in with the you know, other programs that should expect to be, you know, bull eligible every other year at worst, you know, maybe the closest analog is something, someone like Wyoming, like, you know, on, on the surface, like they are not the same kind of program. But I don't think it's unreasonable to expect San Jose State to have the same kind of consistency that the Cowboys have had under Craig Bolt. I think that's sort of what they're looking for in the long run. But, you know, they're going to need another four years before we know whether or not they've been able to accomplish that or not. Yeah, they, it's. I think they're, they're, they have a leg of Wyoming just because location too, man. Nicer weather, better talent. They don't have to go to kids from California can say California, not go to Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, like, yeah, they fell off last year and we'll talk about that more in detail, but there are still a lot of things going for them. You mentioned recruiting, you know, the defense for at least for the immediate future, looks like it should be pretty good. Even if it's not in the same level as like a Boise state or a San Diego state for the immediate future, but they still have a lot of things going for them on the, on the field as well, as well as off the field. And so that's why I think, you know, if, if you're a San Jose state fan, I think it's reasonable to expect, you know, six wins a year, you know, with, with some wiggle room in the same way that like a Hawaii has a, a down year every so often. But I think long-term, like you're, you're looking to raise the bar from what you've gotten over the last 10, 15 years or so. Yeah. That makes sense. I just don't, I think they're, they're still to me, like if we're looking at, fan, like if think of this, remember, we're talking about what a fan should expect. Like what do we, what should a typical fan I think a fan would be cool with five wins in a bowl game every couple of years. I think they'd be kind of excited for going four wins, two wins, one wins. It's like only two, two bowl games since 2015. Mm-hmm. And one, and so, and they and go back to 2013, they've had, I guess they've had three bowl. Here's the thing. They've had more success, than, which is hard to believe more success than Mount West and outside essentially from the WAC base. They went to one bowl game, in the WAC or excuse me, two 2012. They've, oh wait, hold on. Sorry. Mike. About the same, sorry. Slightly better because of conference title, clearly. I'm, I'm scrolling on sports reference that Ella Bar got me in the wrong spot there. But they have been better. I don't know. You know what I think? I you know what I think? If you, want, if you want a real simple answer, they should look at so a, maybe they, should look, they should look at a program like their rival, Fresno State, or they should look at a program like Utah State. I was gonna ask you who's your rival and, and, like, and think <laughs> and think to themselves, okay, I want that in the long run. Duh, who doesn't want what Fresno has conference title? They've had number one overall draft picks. They've had good quarterbacks. It's like, uh, who doesn't want that? Any I, in the Mountain West, unless you're Boise State or San Diego State, you want what Fresno State has, essentially, right? But and but and maybe that makes Utah State a little better 
of an analog because it's not like Lo- it's not like Logan is it's not like a top flight destination like it's not it's not a bad place to be but cold <laughs> but that was a program like we mentioned last week that was in the, the abyss for a very long time I'll say this they were when if you want to compare lows to lows Utah State was well below San Jose State yeah well and so below. and so I think if if you're a Spartans fan you look at what the Aggies were able to accomplish just last year and and you know they've had you know a couple of runs to the championship now, um, you know I think that that is reasonable to expect that you know your program over the long run can get to that point and be in the conversation as like the third or fourth best team in the, in the Mountain West. Have you seen their future non-conference schedule of late? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I can imagine it is pretty rigorous. It is. I have it here. And I don't know, this could be because, you know, they schedule five years ahead. So if you're, if you think of this, if they're scheduling from a 2017 perspective where they're going two wins and one, getting one win, two wins, mm-hmm. four wins, they have this year Auburn, which going to Auburn, whatever, they're probably not going. That's a mess. It, it's a, it, you're being kind. It's a mess. The, let's pull a coup and the crap, it didn't work. <laughs> like, let's try to fire Harsha Har- Har- was on vacation. Yeah, I've got, I've got their, their schedule up now. Yeah. They go to Ohio State Ohio in 23. State, go to Texas, yeah. go to USC. They go to Minnesota. They go to Penn State. They go to Washington. They go to well, yeah, you Oregon pay the, State. You got to pay the bills, right? They do, but do you have to pay those type of play those teams, man? Do you, you, you tell me you can't get the same money to play Northwestern than Ohio State? Going to Syracuse or going to uh, Texas Tech? I mean, there's there's still at least one one open week in 2026. Maybe they can rectify that. That's going to be a home game versus probably uh, FCS team coming to town. Yeah, FCS team to Her be determined. Yeah, conference USA team coming to town. They're going to get like uh, uh, they got Monroe. Can they get Lafayette for the Louisiana sweep? I don't know. There you go. Or sorry, excuse me, excuse me, Louisiana, not Lafayette. Apologies, sorry, no, to raging cages out there. Yeah, if you're listening, because exactly. I heard the uh, Louisiana episode with Stephen Godfrey, it's like, be careful what you say about those mm-hmm. down there, which I kind of already knew, but I, I don't never know what the official term is because it's like we want to be called Louisiana because you know, Matt, they might confuse you with Louisiana State and Louisiana, they might confuse you to confuse the two schools, yes. But back to the Spartans here, I'm still wanting to see, I'm a, still a slight wait and see, but I think they're, I, but I believe and trust are on the right track. With Brent Brennan. Yes. Because he proved it in 2020, beating everybody in their path. And the bowl game, remember, they had lost like Kate, who they have like Kate Hall wasn't there. They had both the coordinators gone and they lose to in the Arizona Bowl to uh, forget what high school it was, Ball State, who was good in the road, right? Clearly. But I, I, I'll go back and say if they could get, if they could average about five wins a year, just about get about five wins, that's still better than what they've been going on. Or, Outside of Brett Brennan's first two years, that's about what they're at. Mm-hmm. They could have their floor and ceiling kind of close a little bit where, yeah, getting a conference title is pretty rare. It's very difficult. Doing what they did in that year is tough. But I think going to a bowl game about every other year, maybe every three years or go back-to-back miss a bowl game, somewhere in that range where it's all, an almost every occurrence, but they're no worse than five wins. I think yeah. that's where, for me at the moment, Despite the coverage title, I'm still not there to say they should win like seven or eight games a year. Mm-hmm. All right, who do we got next year? Uh, last, that would be uh, UNLV. Oh, man. Um, they play in a nice stadium. Yes. <laughs> um, they're actually an area where it's close to talent, obviously, like a kid inside. Like they're Las, Ve- short- Las Vegas is a, it's a football high school hotbed. Bishop Gorman? Yeah. Yeah. You have. Uh, going to have, Liberty's out there too, right? Centennial. 
Uh, I'm not familiar with them. Honestly, not familiar. With there's, there's a, there's a few high school powers. There's a couple. There, of them. I think, yeah. yeah. But they're going to be a four sport team in a moment, major sports team, because they're building some complex for another arena, which is 20 K, which is clearly a focus of getting an NBA there, team there. Eventually there is depending what the Nevada governor wants to do, which I applaud him for Oakland A's wanting to come to town. Say, yeah, come to town. If you uh, give us a wink, wink Buffalo bills discount of basically taxpayers paying the entire money for the stadium, which it's hard. I get it's uh, that's a mess though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Just to, to proselytize for a bit and then I'll let you continue. Never use public funds on a privately financed facility. Continue. Yeah. I, and also I or get privately, it, I mean, privately for, owned facility. Excuse yeah. me. I can like getting your first big, big team, like the NFL team. I don't like it, but I can understand them wanting to do it to be a big pro team. And they put like, I think it was a $2 a night tax. So I was reading something the other day about in the New York post about the governor saying, we don't want to publicly finance the team. I think they put a $2 hotel tax, which I get it's mostly out of town, out of towners, but at some point people like I'll go to a hotel in town to track of it. You know what I mean? Like it's not always people from out of town. And so, and plus it's not the NFL. And also I know the Oakland A's are a poor team essentially and retro. And when you think about it, no, they're but not. I can't defer- no, they're not, but well, continue. They're not. Oh, their owner's not. They're actually well off. They're, 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 yeah, John Fisher's a multi-billionaire, but continue. Okay, okay. Wasn't, well, I just see from the out, you're there. So I see from the outside about the call scheme and they can never get a deal done. But I, may, I guess that's mostly a city type issue and him being a cheapskate despite being a billionaire. Mm-hmm. I guess you. I guess if you're going to be a billionaire, you got to be. You got to cut some corners somewhere to get that money. But my point being is, let's say a team comes to town. Like, I agree with you. Limit the amount of public money or free money you're giving them. Like, if you're a billionaire, like, pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, find better ways to get the money. But let's just say they, let's say the A's come to town, they get an NBA team. That, like, they're a what top thirty market essentially. They're close to Southern California. It's like a three hour car ride, a super quick plane ride from Los Angeles, a little bit longer San Diego. They're in the range of talent right there. And you mentioned how there's people growing in the cities, getting bigger. They have a couple of good elite, elite college football or college high, or high school football programs. Excuse me. Uh, not many places have their population size. That's not like a major city like Houston, Chicago, New York, Miami. That have multiple all those pro teams. Here's the thing: if you look at the schools, like what, like actually, I may have come up something here. Chicago, not a good football town for college football. Northwestern, whatever, not very good. New York City has nothing. Miami used to be whatever. They have the U there, but they're okay. Houston, nothing great to call home about a specifically college program in that city. If you're like a major, major city, Los Angeles is the exception, I think, because you got USC and at the moment not great. There's not many teams that have all four major pro sports teams and like an elite, elite, elite college football program. It's Washington, maybe here or there. But am I wrong to say that or am I missing something very obvious and people are yelling at me? No, I mean, I'm trying to think of major cities and nothing is immediately coming to mind. USC, the closest, maybe Seattle, you know what I mean? Like, and no, I, mean, I, I take, I take your point. Yeah. But my point being like, if, okay. So, but like, yeah, they're, they're in the background, but my point being like, it's a, there's stuff going on in town. Maybe my comparison's way off base, but you're an attractive, more attractive city. Now mm-hmm. you have all this going for them. They're in the location where they can bring talent in, but for the life of me, I honestly, like, can you explain why they, I know I've been taking all the time, but why are they so bad? They're in an area where there's some talent, reasonably close, not necessarily in the state. They have good weather. 
facilities are getting improved the past couple of years. Like they thought when they brought in uh, Tony Sanchez and the Furtado money, that'd solve it. But they've had quarterback issues with injuries. They've had great players like Charles Williams, a couple NFL guys here or there. It's just, uh, I don't know what it'll take to get together. They lost their coordinators this offseason too to the NFL. It's not for lack of trying. Is it just continually going? And was it just that Tony Sanchez was kind of over his head from high school to even low-level FBS? Now, see, I don't – I mean, I don't know if I would agree with that. I'm just – well, I'm just thinking, like, is that – I'm just wondering if that's a potential reason. Remember, you had Todd Dodge from South Lake Carroll going to North Texas, and it didn't – it worked okay for a minute, but that was also a Sunbelt. Bad Sunbelt, too, back in the day. I mean, the thing about UNLV is like, yeah, they have been a bad program, which, and again, in terms of like winning percentage since 2013, they've been the worst team in the Mountain West, like worse than New Mexico. Um, you know, their, their win percentage is 298, you know, 31 and 73 overall. But, you know, within the last 20 years or so, I think you can go back to the late 90s. Yeah, they've tried any number of things to try to like get over the hump. They brought in John Robinson after a very successful stint at, uh, at yes. USC. You know, they brought in you know you know Bobby Houck, who had a lot of success at the FCS level, and that didn't work out. Well, I mean, it, it didn't work out except for the one year uh, in the last twenty years where they went to a bowl in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in Sanchez, and it they were that close to like finally getting over the hump and like, you know, maybe having some sustainable success, you know, because they had those really incremental improvements from 2015, 2016 to 2017. And then they backslid to, Obviously the, point, to the point that, to the point that when a Royal came in, like not to say the cupboard was totally bare, but he was definitely working with like a, like a, a, a thinner, less experienced group overall which is why that COVID year was not pretty for them and why they started, you know, looking a lot better down the stretch last year. So I have a serious question that may sound silly. Is, does, does it all play back to Howard loss of where things felt, where they think had they beaten Howard, they could have actually turned a corner possibly. I mean, I hate to pin it on one game. It's just like, I mean, quarterback consistency is one yeah. thing that has constantly eluded this program. Because I think, what was it, two years ago was the one time they had the same guy start every single game in a season for the first time. And I don't even remember when it was. I know we've talked about it on this podcast before. It was Max Gilliam. Um, and then, you know, the, the last... called us on Twitter. Is that coming to be back up? <laughs> and then the last time, you know, that was the last time that happened. That's happened once in, like, forever. And so, like, you know, they've had these sort of major structural problems that they've just never been able to find a solution for. But again, you know, you you look at this program and you compare them to like a San Diego State or a San Jose State, and like they've got their own things going on. You mentioned the fact that they're playing in Allegiant Stadium now. You know, they have the the Fertitta Complex going on. You know, so they they they've invested heavily. When they're getting good teams to come to town because of where they play. Yes, like they're getting they got Arizona State, they had Iowa State. They have they're getting they're almost like a Hawaii where not necessarily recruiting edge, but like well, let's go play this awesome stadium, but pretty cool experience where. They're actually getting home and homes or whatever, two fronts, getting good teams to town. And they can knock off like a team like every so often. They're they're basically like Colorado State, but without any good fortune at all over the last 20 years. 
minus last year for the Rams, but yeah. But I, but I think that that willingness, like I said, to push resources to the center of the table to be like, we're going to, we're going to make this work to pony up for the new complex, you know, to have a hand in the, in the new, you know, playing facility to, you know, pay a million and a half dollars or whatever it is to bring in the head coach. Like it's a program that is serious about putting his best foot forward. And so I think the expectation for this fan base finish the job for once, like get to a bowl first and then get to another bowl. And then let's just like get to six wins, maybe twice in three years and play for a bowl in both of those years. Maybe we have a six and seven season, but then let's get a seven and six season and then get an eight and five season. And then, you know, maybe we compete for a division title after that, which I think is the direction that this program is, is heading under Arroyo. But um, yeah, but I feel like I've said that before. I feel like I said that under Sanchez. Um, so I'll, I mean, obviously that kind of thing is easier said than done. But I think, you know, if if the, if the program has shown the intent to sort of raise expectations, then I think fans should expect more as a result. So last year they were two and ten. Yes. If you know the answer, you can say. If not, it's okay. Do you know how many one possession games they had last year that were losses? Uh, it was a lot. I have it written down somewhere. I don't Five. have it in front of me. Yeah, it was a lot. Five. And it was good teams. Arizona, or, um, Arizona, oh, no, sorry, not Arizona State, excuse me. Fresno State. UTSA, bowl team, Fresno State. Yes. Bowl team, UTSA. Bowl team, conference champion, Utah State. 12 in San Diego State. They were within eight points of all those teams. So they're not extremely far. So let's just say they win. Okay, if they win half of those, they're still a four-win team. But if you're telling me, oh, sorry, no, six, Washington, Eastern Washington, too. Apologies, I didn't see that one there. So six of those games, and that game's pretty bad. But they win three of those. They're sitting at only five wins. But if you're telling me, like, look at all the te- all those teams that are one possession, those are all really, really good teams. Those are all, like I mentioned, both teams, conference championship appearance teams, teams doing quite well, teams ranked in the top 25 at the time when they played. So if you're telling me they win, would, would you feel that much different had they beaten San Diego State and say it was San Diego State and San Jose State? And um, say Fresno State, like if they would beat those three teams, that'd be a hell of a lot different with we winning two of those games against teams that were one double digit games. Yeah. And I mean, but I, so at, the, at the same time, too, like you can't help but like if they've got to find ways to hold on to some of their young talents, too. Like, you know, obviously Jacoby Winman was one of the first big names to enter the transfer yeah. portal. But as we're recording this, you know, one of their one of their major contributors at wide receiver last year, Steve Jenkins, is in the transfer portal now, too. So, you know, which is not to say that they don't have talent coming in. Like, you know, this is another team that is, you know, that the recruiting is picked up under Royal in particular. So, you know, they have that going for them as well. But, you know, all those things I just said about, you know, finishing the job, like that, that st- those steps forward, that's going to start this fall. They like, get the wins. That's their next step is winning. Like they don't have to get all the wins, but there's going to be some pressure to get some wins this year. We'll talk, we'll talk more about the Rebels in depth later in the summer and all that. But, you know, they, they have a lot of young talent on, the set, on both sides of the ball. You know, Brennan Scott looks really exciting. You know, they've got, you know, two or three quarterbacks now um, who look like they could play pretty well if they, can, right. you know, if they could surround them with enough talent. You know, they've got offensive line talent. They've got, you know, secondary talent. It's just a matter of putting all of those disparate pieces together in a way that we just haven't seen them do over the last 20 years, which is not to say that it can't be done. 
Well, they what, had, what Doug Brumfield, Justin Rogers. Who's a transfer quarterback that came in too? I know Harrison Bailey. Where'd he come from again? Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. So they have guys who, whether it's him or it's Brumfield or Rogers, whoever else, they have got enough guys who've played and played pretty well for the most part when they play like, They've like all these close games. Like you're telling me you're close to all these teams with ranked teams with double digit wins. They weren't far off. It's just, oh, hot thing is they don't know how to win. That's the problem. It's like, well, how do we do this? It's like, okay, guys, how to tie your shoe. Okay, how do you do this? Next step. How do you put in your pants? How do you do this? How do you put in your shoulder pads? Oh, we do it perfectly. Now it's how to win. How to get a first down, how to defend this, how to do that. And like this year, their schedule, like Rook, I know we'll get to them later, but Idaho State should be fine. Going to Cal doesn't scare me. Justin Wilcox is on the hottest of hot seats going into this year. North Texas comes to town and they're a reasonably decent team. And then they also and then but then they also go to Notre Dame, which will be very difficult. But like those three non-conference games, those are fine. They get New Mexico at home, they get Air Force at home, they get Fresno at home, they get Nevada at home for Nevada what not Nevada, but uh, for the rivalry weekend. We'll get to it later, but I think honestly, it's it's hard to say what the fans want. I I would say at the moment. Is is five wins what they want? Is that would that be acceptable for them? I think, at the they, I think they want to. I think they want a bowl game. I I know I know they want one, but is that an expectation they should, they should put forth this year? This year, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess the next step. Is I, I mean, game, I but... think I think if you're talking about this year, I think they should expect it, and I think it would it would feel mildly disappointing if they came up just short. If they fell way short, then I think they have every right to feel like really disgruntled and put a royal on the hot seat. I think if 2023 the, bowl game, I see if they get from thoughts. like, if they get from like two to five wins, mm-hmm, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, if you're, if you're thinking in terms of like a probability curve, that's sort of like the, what I would imagine if you pulled a hundred UNLV fans, then that would be probably what they most expect. That's where, that's where I'm leaning right there. Then 2023 is where the bowl game should be next. Uh, not just Elatope gets get there. This is a realistic and a likely goal. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I think they've got to get they've got to get there. I know. <laughs> they are they're just not a good program. That's all there's to it. It's their mentioned an area and like the pro sports team that I mentioned, like it's just because you get more people, more interested in your town and it's more feel like more big city. And so mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But anything else we'd add? We went through all the teams, we've gone what, ninety minutes almost? Our yeah, I think uh, I think we're good to go. So next time I believe we're working on a it, we're well. We're got NFL draft type of show coming up because the draft is what what two weeks away, uh, three, three weeks, weeks away. away. Okay, so we're working on a draft type show. So we'll reach out to somebody. Maybe we know some guys from like the Touchdown Wire, Draft Wire. See if we can get some of those guys on. Talk some draft next couple weeks. I think we need a spring look in. I guess. And also, Matt, you're putting out something pretty cool pretty soon. Ranking like the position groups. Um, we need at least have a conversation about the quarterbacks because that's the most interesting and what people care about. So maybe that's a show down the road too. So uh, I think that's it. MWR.com. Check us out. Uh, we're get you are doing a lot of work on the draft profiles. We got everybody else chipping in and getting stuff going this week. Uh, all these teams going on. So if you're interested in the draft, you're doing that. And Matt, again, early congratulations to the SP plus champ Fresno State Bulldogs at the moment. Oh, come on, Just man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> No, not a fan of that. Well, I mean, there's we still we got a long way to go to August. Let's okay. let's that's tap the brakes a little bit. That's why I'm laughing and joking about these articles that people like to share at the moment I'm posting that are very simple and easy. Hmm. So it's all good. So yeah, those will change throughout the year. But this is fun. So hopefully, if you're mad at what we're talking about, like tell us 
I'll put out some tweets about this too, but give us what you thought, think your fan team should expect every year. That's what we're getting at. So, so I think we did a decent job. So what would, let's wrap on this. What was your, out of all the teams of the, even we didn't do this for Mountain Division. So out of all the, the whole conference, I have my answer already ready to go, but if you don't have it, whatever, you can, we can get to it in a second. What was the hardest team to come up with like a realistic expectation? Like what fans really want? Do you have any teams in mind? I can go if you don't at the moment. I'll let you go first. I think it's obvious. We just talked about it. UNLV. <laughs> like them and San Jose, I, them and then also San Jose. I'll go for two teams because Spartans have been getting there, getting there, conference title. But UNLV, I don't know what their fans want. They even care about football also. I don't know. Well, we do know a few people that do. But for them, I don't – I think they just want to be competitive and kind of good. Mm-hmm. But they're like a team where I was like, and Fresno to a degree after we started discussing a little bit, but I know I'm taking all the teams. I don't know. Mountain, uh, maybe the teams that are bad are harder to peg what you want. I know Boise State fans think conference champion or bust, but that's not realistic. But I think the bad teams, but UNLV is like the team I'm like, I really don't know what they want. Besides, I know they want a team that doesn't suck. <laughs> I mean, I think pretty much every team in the Mountain West is sort of clear cut once you take a close look at especially with sort of a longer view of what they've been able to accomplish. It's very easy to get wrapped up in like what happened most recently. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, Nevada was sort of a tough one. If only because like they've been, yeah. you know, like they, they haven't had the same kind of peaks and valleys that pretty much every other team in the conference has had like them in Wyoming and so it's sort of it's sort of difficult to know what they expect when you know they haven't really bottomed out all that much, but they also haven't been you know at that you know the, the top tier teams. They haven't had like that kind of Utah State or San Jose State type run to the top of the Mountain West either. Mm-hmm. So I think that adds a sort of an element of uh, degree of difficulty, and also you know considering that you know, what they have in terms of resources is also a little different than most of the rest of the teams in the conference too. That makes sense. I was just kind of curious what you thought were tough to figure out. Cause yeah, you're right. Nevada had like, boom, good. And then, Oh, what's going on here? Yeah. So, all right. So yeah, check us out. MWR.com. We'll have our uh, draft profiles, some random spring prospectus type stuff going out there. And I do have an interesting piece. I actually meant to write this back in November, but it's a good off season post. I'll just mention it here, Matt. Maybe this could be a good podcast discussion. Um, San Diego State as an independent football. Interesting. Cool. Have you listened? Also, split zone. Do have you listened to when they talked about what teams could go basketball into the Big Twelve yet? I have not. Okay, so basically, that, that this reminded me because I listened to like four other episodes today because I was out doing stuff. But they mentioned Memphis and San Diego State. Yeah, just join the Big Twelve in basketball and football. Figure out yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially, so that might be a fun thing because. I had a conversation with Matt Brown a few months ago. I'm like, this could be a, it's not as difficult as you think. So this could be a fun conversation. Like what teams could really go independent if they wanted to. So mm-hmm. we're also giving weird ideas. So we'll see you next time, folks. MWWire.com. And if you like this, uh, just subscribe and listen to the next episode. We got you covered with whatever you need. <laughs>